up, everybody? Welcome back to the Double Drop Podcast. I'm Nick Marino, your host, and I'm joined today, uh, as always, by the man of the hour, Mr. Graham Roberts. Graham. It's my special day! Yeah! Yes. You know what they say, every dog has his day, <laughs> and, and this is yours. I am would a filthy be... dog. <laughs> I would be a bulldog. Wow, what you would. What dog would you be? What dog would I be? I don't know, probably a damn teacup Yorkie. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know what dog I'd be. That's a good question. <laughs> You'd be one of those Russian bear hunting dogs. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I don't know. Truly, I think I'm a dachshund. Oh, that fits. And maybe it's because yeah. I own a dachshund, but like, I just I mm. look at him and I'm like, we match. Our spirits match. <laughs> oh. oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I love my dog. He's oh, a sweet guy. I love your dog, too. Shout yeah. out to Oberon. My little Dornish prince. He's a he's a fat sack of trash these days, though. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, this episode we're gonna talk all about dogs. Yep, yep. Two dog-based movies we're doing: Samuel Fuller's White Dog and, and Snow Dogs. And uh, Snow Dogs and Snow Dogs. That's better than what I was gonna say. <laughs> Begin Snow Dogs phase. So what did? <laughs> What'd you think of Snow Dogs? <laughs> nine out of nine. All the dogs were good dogs. Who would win? <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> the dogs in the film were all very good boys. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the We Rate Dogs podcast. Yeah, I'm Matt up. Nelson. <laughs> Is that a thing? Uh, no, there's not a podcast. It's a Twitter page. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. What are we really yeah. doing, Green? We are doing... Graham's Jams today. It is my version of Nick's Picks. Yep, it's going to be about a third as dope. <laughs> For a third the man. Oh, wow. Okay. What can but I say? the rest of that two-thirds is dog. <laughs> That's right. So it no, we're going to be covering a movie and an album that I really, really love. Yep. We're going to be doing Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Batman. <laughs> and we're going to be covering Protest the Heroes, Pacific Myth. Pacific Rim, <laughs> starring Idris Elba. I feel like I'm the only person who's excited about Pacific Rim 2. I genuinely am. That is an accurate statement. <laughs> oh, I don't no. know. Like, I don't care about it, man. Mm. P-Rim 1, <laughs> the rim job as we call oh, it. Uh, it was good. <laughs> I like that movie, but like without, oh, it was great. without Guillermo, yeah. I don't know. Like I don't care. Yeah. I, uh, like, you saw the movie for Guillermo. No, I saw it right. for sweet robot action. Okay. It was, like, the closest we're going to get to a good live Evangelion movie. <laughs> I feel like the difference between Pacific Rim 1 and then this Pacific Rim mm. is going to be, like, the difference that you perceive in the Hobbit movies we got and the two Hobbit movies Guillermo would have made. <laughs> oh, I would love to see Hobbit movies from Del Toro. That's what it was supposed to be. Oh, I had no idea. Did you not know this? No. Okay, no. yeah, so Hobbit was going to be two movies, and they were going to be Guillermo. Oh, And he had wow. all the set design down. It was going to be dark. It was going to be gothic. It was going to be, that like... That would have been amazing. Totally Pan's Labyrinth meets Tolkien. His monster designs are my favorite monsters. Yeah, Like, man. the two Hellboy movies, especially the second one, mm-hmm. uh, The Golden Army... When I the, watched that movie mm, when I was younger, yeah, uh, and by younger I mean like 12, I think, sure. I saw it on TV and I was like, this looks so corny. All of these <laughs> monsters, they could be using CGI. These just look like people in costumes. <laughs> Why didn't they make these? And now I go and watch it. I'm like, people in costumes! Yeah, it's right? two hours of people in costumes! <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it, it yeah. hits the practical effects junkie. Yeah. In my heart, so hard. It's so good. There's a scene in... We're gonna get to Batman. It's the first one we're talking about. Batman! But there's a scene in Golden Army where uh, Hellboy and Abe Sapien are walking down this big, like... By the uh, way, Doug Jones. Shout out to Doug Jones. One of the best character actors So good. Yeah. Like, freaking... um, Who's the guy that plays Gollum? Uh, Andy Serkis. Like, Andy Serkis level, I would think. Yeah, I mean... Mm. They're close. Yeah. I don't know. I think Andy Serkis is straight up one of the best working actors. Oh, I think the stuff he does is so groundbreaking. So, like, you see him. Mm. We get to talk about Planet of the Apes next week. Yes. Oh, that's coming up. You haven't seen him as Caesar. Nope. No. 
Oh yeah. man, it's something yeah. to behold, man. It's majestic. Yeah. It's majestic. But yeah, the there's one monster in Hellboy Two Golden Army where they're walking through this like bazaar yeah. kind of area. Yeah, yeah, another and it scene. Has a sandcastle for a head. Yes, that is the coolest, like most so cool. imaginative thing. Dude, he's just so, good. so freaking creative, man. Yeah. Yeah. Everything he, I I love yeah. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Even Blade Two is kind of sick. Right, right. Like, I like that movie a decent amount. Yeah, Ron his Perlman. his his art design is impeccable. And yeah. you know what else has amazing art design? Uh, the track art for the Protest the Euro album. <laughs> That's really good. Does, I love but no, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take us in. Amazing art is in Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Yep, and an extension of that in Batman: The Animated Series. It's essentially the same crew that does the series that made this movie. Well, the film yeah. is not a spin-off, but it's like oh. an extension of the show. Yeah, it's weird. It almost like has its own tiny little Batman mythos all it to itself. It does. Uh, especially with how they treat the Joker and like a backstory for him and stuff. Kind of made me a little salty. It was weird. So, a little, uh, in in Mask of the Phantasm, for mm-hmm. those of you that haven't seen it, and this is a film that came out in what year? It came out in 1993. 93. Yep. Wow, looks good for 93. Oh, it looks amazing. Uh, this is an hour Gosh. and 15 minute film yep. that is like a branch off of the old Batman the Animated Series. Um, mm-hmm. And the Joker's in it a bunch. And it's kind of weird because in the movie they more or less give his identity away. Yeah, like they don't. Much. They don't say his name, but in this film, in this universe, he was a like an Italian mobster. Yes. Yeah. But they don't say how he got Jokered, and I like that. That's still left up to your interpretation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Best Joker ever? This movie, or just Hamill. Mark Hamill? Mark oh, Hamill. Best Joker ever, hands down. You Mark watch, Hamill you is watch him the winner. This, he is. <laughs> Watching this Joker in this film, it's like he's laughing. There's a fun element, but there's mm-hmm. also like the unpredictability. There's like the it can snap at any moment. There's. He feels like, I know everything he's saying is written down, obviously, like, none of it's improv, but Mm -hmm. it feels so off the cuff. It feels like he's just working (laughs) as he goes. It really does. I love that. Yeah. That's great. It's, he's so good. He is the best Joker. Hands down. I think so, Mark, Mark Hamill. I think, email us if you disagree and just tell us how much you're wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Preface your email by saying, so first off, I'm an idiot. (laughs) But, dot, dot, dot. But, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Jared Leto's the best Joker because he was a... Oh. <laughs> Kermit the Frog is joining us, Kermit everyone. Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> um, I think it's the best interpretations of every character that they show. I think, I think so this is the too. best Batman we've ever had on screen. I certainly. agree. I agree. It's uh, still um, Kevin Conroy yeah. as that immortal Batman voice. Just, if you mm. think Batman and think... Where's Harvey Dent? <laughs> and not Kevin Conroy's like thick, deep voice. Like it's it amazing. just fits. It really does. Yeah, it fits. Yeah, and um, I feel like it would fit even if we weren't used to it from almost twenty years of him in the role. You just hear it, and it's yeah. right. Like Absolutely. something clicks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, God, I love. I really love these designs and these characters and everything about them. Yeah, they are so iconic and so stylish. Like. All the backgrounds and the cars, the buildings, everything has that very, like, art deco, almost like mid-century New York kind of look to it. And it's all totally Hanna-Barbera. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You look, there are some, there are some shots in this yeah. movie where it's straight out of Scooby-Doo. Yep. And I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel, I feel like the characters are even styled in a way almost to mimic that same, um like architecture you know like the men are all huge broad and angular and like oh totally it meshes so it almost well. has like this impressionist vibe to mm. it or expressionist yeah. not impressionist like okay. if you if you watch some of those old films like caligari nosferatu everything mm. is deeply shadowed sharp angles kind of jarring mm-hmm. uh designs like yeah that's what batman is yeah, and you say it's got a lot of expressionist to it. Mm-hmm. It has, well, this is kind of an obvious thing Art for Deco Batman. Is a good, is a good thing to bring. It's got it. Art Deco styling. It is just like saturated in film noir totally. kind of tones, which totally. isn't a new thing for Batman. That's 
You know, he's a detective anyway. He's the quintessential you know? noir hero. Totally, yeah. But this <laughs> Mask of the Phantasm, it even has, like, shots from above the ceiling fan and, like, yep. faces shrouded by window blinds. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it, awesome. It leans into it so hard and it just pays off. It is, the film is totally, like, Maltese Falcon for the <laughs> modern age. It's, Batman is the Maltese Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> it's just cool, man. It's... Uh. You can't sit down and watch this and not be impressed with mm-hmm. just the eye for design. There's some stuff that looks really dated sure. as far as the animation goes. But I feel like animation is the same thing with, like, video games where yeah, yeah. we've progressed to such a point with technology where animation gets easier and we can do more intricate stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing they're doing with video games. Like, we just have more tools available. Like, uh... An animator on YouTube could make a film that looks about this good. Yeah. If not yeah, better. I would think so. But for back then, it's still charming. Yeah, it's amazing. It it reads very well today. Mm-hmm. It's not like you'd have to slog through the visuals to get the story. No. Uh, the whole thing is amazing, and it's actually just recently been announced to come out on Blu-ray. Yeah, it'll be out July 27, 2017. Oh, gosh. I'm picking that up. It is so good. I probably will, too. Like, hands down, one of the best Batman stories, I think. And kind of... At least told on film. Yeah, at least on film. Um, Something that seems kind of counterintuitive for what we've seen the most of from Batman. But I think this film succeeds because it's more about bruce it's a bruce wayne yeah, movie it's kind of like the keaton batmans it's a lot of bruce you need those good. every now and then like i i was just asking you if you heard the new jay-z album hmm. it is i hadn't it is a sean carter album it's not a jay-z okay. album it's him stepping back from like the persona he's created right. and this big influential character and it's just him talking like as a guy Gotcha. That's almost what okay. this is like. We see some cool Batman action, but it's about the yeah. guy under the cowl. Right. Oh, that very opening fight when he bursts in through the window? Like, yes. That is animated so well. It flows yeah. so good. It looks like, incredible. Oh, it's really nice. Y'all, please go watch this movie. Ooh. I think a lot of people have yeah. seen this movie. This was one of the so ones too. that would just be yeah. in your VHS collection as a kid. Right. And I heard uh, recently on an episode of the um, the CinemaSins guys have a podcast where they talk about movies, and uh, it's really, really good. Oh. But, um, yeah. I'm so sorry to cut you off. Can I say something real quick about yeah, podcasts? totally. So this is super embarrassing. I just want to clear something up, because I felt horrible uh-huh. uh, when I saw this. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Same. I think you do, too. And we're going to come back. We're talking about CinemaSins podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you watch H3H3 on YouTube? I don't. Okay. I don't. I've Best channel good, on though. YouTube, straight up, oh, no doubt. Okay. They have a podcast that they started doing two or three months ago. Hmm. Maybe a little bit longer than that. Gotcha. I hadn't watched it. I watched the first couple episodes, then missed like the next eight. Oh, okay. I was playing Zelda the other night and listening to podcasts. I watched one that hmm. they put out like two, three weeks ago. Right. And it came out before our Bruce Springsteen episode. And okay. a big focal point is them talking about ghosts and aliens. Like they really, yeah, they break away oh. from what they're talking about <laughs> and talk about ghosts and aliens. And they're like, next time we're on the podcast, we need to just tell ghost stories. And then they talk oh, about that's aliens. Fun. <laughs> it's fun, but it made yeah. me feel super bad because, like, I just want to clear up. You know, we try, we're not taken from any other podcast. Well, I we're, had no idea that was a thing. I didn't either, but then okay. I watched it. It's like, this came out before ours. They're talking about the same thing huh. that we're talking about. We're an unknown, you know, podcast. Mm. So right. some people right. might watch this and think that we're just ripping off what no. we hear on other podcasts. That's a bummer. I it's, promise that wasn't the case. No, we yeah. just, it just came up. Huh. It just came up. So if you listen to both podcasts and you're like, oh, this Nick Marino guy is just stealing H3's <laughs> content. <laughs> No, it, oh, we no. really just started talking about ghosts yeah. and aliens because we didn't like the album. Ooh, yeah. So I just wanted to clear that up. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was like getting no. That's a under good, my skin. That's a good thing to bring up. I had no idea that was even yeah occurring. Like yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, who yeah, they you are, don't even but... watch the podcast. No, like no. listen to the podcast. Yeah. But anyways, that's that. Back but, to yeah, back, back to, to the uh, Cinemasins, the Sincast. Um, they had mentioned recently in, a, I think, underrated animated films, mm-hmm. Mask of the Phantasm. And I think... Underrated by who? 
Yeah, or maybe not underrated, maybe underseen. Okay. They have like a couple different things that they do. But um one of them had mentioned that Phantasm actually got a limited theater run. It did. For for just like a month in like 20 theaters or something crazy small. Yeah, I talked to a friend about that back um when I was at school actually cuz we were we were so sitting great. talking about best Batman animated films. Right? And the right. answer is Phantasm. Mhm. Hands down. I don't think yeah. it's like super cut and dry. I think it's like is definitely Phantasm. Under the Red Hood is amazing. Have you seen Under I the Red Hood? I haven't. No. You got to watch that, man. Okay. That's a really good one. I really like um Justice League Doom. Hmm, I've heard good things about that. That's cool. That's like Bane breaks into the Batcave and steals okay. Batman's contingency plans for all the members of the Justice League. And then oh, he, dang. Yeah, he and the Legion of Doom oh, wow. go after and like shut down oh. each of the Justice League members. Is that where Batman and Superman got the idea for his dossiers? <laughs> oh, <I'm> probably. <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> God. There wasn't an original that. idea in that movie, so <laughs> you know, take your pick where they yeah. took it from. So if you really like Mask of the Phantasm, go see BVS. Yeah. It's perfect. Perfect in every way. Double the Martha. Double the Granny Speech <laughs> Key. <laughs> oh man. But gosh, there are like wonderful kind of lines in Phantasm too. Like Bruce has the freedom i guess or openness to kind of be a spoiled brat at times i love it yeah you see him he's really this a big person. party in wayne mansion he's got mm-hmm. all these women around him then he goes and like throws a little fit <laughs> yeah it's dope yeah and when he's um he's in the bat cave and he's having a fight with alfred <laughs> he's just like you think you know me so well yeah. don't you <laughs> it's like well, I've changed your diapers, sir, <laughs> so <laughs> I should. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. <laughs> oh, God. And then Batman jumps into the Batmobile. You know Alfred's into like, diaper stuff. Oh, <laughs> gosh. But, like, Batman just jumps into the Batmobile after that, and he speeds looks up. at him. He's like, well, Alfred, you don't! And then speeds off, like, peels away. <laughs> so 90s. Oh, yeah. Gosh, so rebellious this, youth yeah. of the 90s. And it's it's fun to joke about, but a big theme of this movie is how the main characters kind of relate with their own parents and how they kind of deal with the lack of their parents. You know, Batman, his people, um, the main romantic interest, Andrea Beaumont. Andrea. Um, Andrea, sorry. Idiot. And, um... <laughs> <laughs> I knew, like, when I, when I was watching it, they said Andrea, like, five times. I was like, I swear to God, if he doesn't say Andrea, I'm pouncing. <laughs> Andrea. <laughs> Pure. <laughs> Jolly. But, um, yeah, Bruce Wayne Wrong obviously <laughs> lost his parents. What? Uh, <laughs> Spoilers, uh, Um, Andrea. What if people um, don't know that? <laughs> oh, my God. Nick. Andrea <laughs> loses her father. Wait, is um, Bruce... Oh my god, is Bruce Wayne Batman? You never see them in the same place at the same time. (laughs) Is he Batman? God damn it. (laughs) Is Guillermo del Toro Batman? (laughs) God, he'd be so freaking cute in a Batman costume. He'd be adorable. Bring me that rise. (laughs) Alright. Sorry. So, So yeah, so she loses her parents as well. Yeah, he loses his and... While it's fun to make fun of Bruce Wayne in this movie for how childish he acts towards certain, almost like parental triggers, like Alfred being very overarching and like trying to look out for him and Bruce thinks he's overstepping his bounds, Um, Andrea being super um, careful about people not knowing about her father's last days, not knowing how kind of embarrassed he would be if people knew he was beholden to the mob there's a lot of parent issues in this movie yeah and it's it's played out really well i think the trauma of it that is. is uh shown in both of those characters better than any other batman yeah and while i don't think they come out and say it or even purposeful with like the assertion of it hmm. i think it kind of nudges you in the direction that if andrea had an alfred mm-hmm she might be okay, but she's completely alone. Yeah, yeah she doesn't she have is. somewhere to go at the end of the night. 
right? Like, she doesn't have right. uh, Wayne Manor. She doesn't have Alfred. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have anything. It's just her. She can't be with Bruce. Her right. father's gone. She can't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Her mother, who she goes and talks to, she can't even go to her grave and talk to anymore. Yeah. Because she can't be in Gotham. Yeah. No, so she's completely alone. She really is. And she yeah. lives? No. That's an interesting thing I want she to bring lives, up real right? quick. Because, yeah, she lives at the end of the movie. She makes it out alive. I want to ask you really quickly. Yep. I like what we've done here with the episode, not just taking our time and going through the plot mm-hmm. beat by beat. Yeah. Because I feel Me like too. we had been doing that a little bit heavily for the last episode We or two. have. Just laying everything out and then... Yeah, yeah. So we're not going to just go through the plot like we have in the past. Yeah. I want to ask you, Nick, if you're okay with us spoiling the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. Okay, so big spoiler. This is all about the plot we're going to say, I mean, but here look, it is. it's not yeah. well disguised. It's immediately obvious. Yeah. Right? That big spoiler, Andrea is the phantasm. Yeah. There's been this giant, like, gray skull-masked hook blade for an arm uh, person. The slinging <laughs> slasher! <laughs> There's... <laughs> There's been, the phantasm has been uh, tracking down mobsters and killing them off. The angel of death has come. Oh, it's really good. And, um, it's a good design. It ends up, it's an amazing design. Like, it is so minimalist almost. Yeah. Just two colors, no like crazy outfit or anything. Yeah. But that's true. so good. Um, essentially, tracking down mobsters and killing them like Grim Reaper style. Yeah. And all of them end up thinking. No, that... his name is John Reaper. <laughs> Oh, throwbacks. Okay. (laughs) All the mobsters end up thinking that it's Batman that's finally snapped and is killing them off. So that's like the big um, thing that pushes Batman and the Phantasm together. Andrea is the Phantasm. She's getting revenge for her dad. That's so classic Batman also. Like, (laughs) the one he loves is the one that's like on the other side of the law. Yeah. It's overall, it's not a wildly original plot but it's done so hey at least it wasn't jason todd (laughs) yeah right (laughs) anytime there's like a batman villain reveal and it's not jason todd i'm like you know what you guys are good (laughs) good job you did your due diligence it wasn't jason wasn't jason todd this time (laughs) poor jason todd yeah but yeah, it's an amazing movie. It's an amazing just feat of animation. This and the show for so early on in the 90s. Um, that Harley Quinn design still hasn't been touched. No, not at all. My sister actually has a giant tattoo on her thigh yeah. of the Harley Quinn diamonds. It's awesome. It's really cool. Shout out to Katie Roberts. <laughs> or not. <laughs> I went to high school with someone with Kate, named Katie Roberts. That threw me really? off guard, yeah. Oh, weird. Well, yeah. I'm like seven years older than you, so... No, yeah, no, I'm just saying, I was like, <laughs> no, wait a minute, it's... that's why I froze up. Yeah, no, yeah. shout her out, for no, sure. No, it's five. Um, but, um, but yeah, do you want to give it a score? Yeah, real quick, let me just say, before I get to scores... Oh, sure. Watching this movie, it's never been more evident. Like, I've always thought it. Hmm. But just sitting and watching this, man, Nolan really did number on the superhero genre. Man, yeah, I... He really kind of mess some stuff up i love those movies in their own bubble but they set some precedents that are not being translated well today not at all bruce wayne smiles and laughs in this movie yeah and loves and gives up the cape yeah he's a person now it's just like it's it's everything that came after the dark knight it's arkham asylum it's affleck's batman it's the dreary downtrodden no moment of happiness everything is suffering look suffering comes to batman in this in this film as it has to everywhere Mm because he can't ever be happy but the important thing with batman is at the end of the day no matter what he loses he gets up and decides to go back out yep because it's not about him he's got to have some kind of drive other than vengeance because that's not who his character is it's not and he feels like a hero in this movie he's out fighting crime he does you see him stopping a couple of robberies a couple little tiny robberies yep and it's just he makes his stands where he has to there's a long drawn out joker scene at the end of this movie that i Mm. don't care for i thought sure the the pacing kind of ground to a halt 
and it didn't fit in this film. Mm-hmm. But you see him doing that ground level hero stuff, and he feels like a yeah. good guy, and he feels like the guy that you want out on the streets. And I, mm-hmm. you don't get that anymore. That was in Spider-Man no, Homecoming, which is cool, because you watch that movie, and it's like, oh, wow, there's crime fighting going on. It's mm-hmm. not just, yeah. I'm going to save the world, and then I'm going to lose someone, and it's going to be sad. It's like, yeah, that's you been, need crime fighting. That's been lost in a lot of those movies. Yeah. It's like, there's almost no action in a lot of new superhero movies that other isn't than plot centric. Yeah, yeah, that isn't the big the big monster bad, yeah. fight or something, you know? Like and that's something Wonder Woman did so well. They had little bits of action. Well, Wonder Woman that, like, is mm, I want to retroactively yeah. 9 Wonder Woman. I gave ah, it an 8 at the yeah. time. God, every time I think about that movie, it it's, grows on you. <laughs> it's like almost a masterpiece. I'm like, mm, ah, yeah. That Wonder Woman is the point where they could maybe turn around the Nolan design legacy. I think maybe, so. but seeing that first trailer for Justice League, yeah, before Wonder Woman, it, I don't it doesn't it look good. like it's happening. I don't think it looks good. Now I'll say 2017's actually been a really mm-hmm. adventurous, creative year for superhero movies so far. Totally, I skipped yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy two because it looked like more of the same, and I just wasn't interested. Sure, but sure. Logan. Mm-hmm. was amazing oh my gosh i forgot logan was this year yeah <laughs> right wow yeah. logan was amazing uh-huh. and it was adventurous and it was risky and Ooh, it was sure. good it was amazing it was yeah. something special Ooh. wonder woman yep. was just beyond what anyone could have ever asked for mm. spider-man homecoming i didn't love it the way some people loved it but it's a good time okay it's a cool. really did you cool. see it yet i haven't yet no, i would actually no. say go see it I would recommend to. you go watch yeah. that movie. It, it was it was a like, good time. It seems like bright and hopeful it and is. fun. Like even and there are actually yeah. a couple twists that like will shake you. Oh, wow. which I didn't expect. There's okay. one twist that happens in the movie that I couldn't yeah. breathe for like three minutes. Wow, yeah, yeah. That's, coming from an MCU movie. Coming from an MCU <laughs> like, movie, they did something wow. that was like whoa. Okay, and I think it's the huh. best MCU movie in terms of. Being a part of a larger universe. Hmm. Gotcha. They really gotcha. tie him into yeah. everything that's going on. Yeah. It's like it's cool. Yeah. It's a good movie. But that's not what we're talking about. Right. Plus, we're talking big, about Nolan. Yeah. I again, I love those Batman movies. I even like Dark Knight Rises a lot. Yeah, me too. I, really I can do. forgive plot holes. Like, yeah. Whatever. I'm watching a movie. It's just everyone after that going for that style because Dark Knight is so lauded. Yeah. Like, you're not gonna recapture that trying to copy it no you know i'll say the couple that have gone that gritty route and worked yeah well it's only one i think i think captain america the winter soldier is the best superhero movie ever made that is amazing that is a great movie i put that above dark knight hmm okay i know that's not like the correct answer that would be a good conversation to have at another point right ranking some superhero movies we should do that that'd be kind of fun yeah now i'm i'm kind of Hmm. warming back up to superhero movies me too, and and it's not because I just wanted to see them. There's genuine wonderful like stuff coming movies. out. Yeah, and Thor Ragnarok looks like a lot of fun. That looks fun too. I did really enjoy, like the director. Yeah, too. did you enjoy what we do yeah. in the shadows? I did. That's I a really love fun shadows. Yeah, like, Taika Waititi. He's yes. a cool guy. Plus, any anywhere I can get more Jermaine Clement, I'm right. down. He's the best. He is. <laughs> That whole movie's cast is just... Blah, 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 it blah. is. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Carl Urban! Carl <laughs> Urban, yeah. John Reaper Which himself. always kills me that Carl Urban is just straight up a New Zealander. Yeah. <laughs> like, he has such a good accent, like an American accent, New and Zealand. he kind of has forever. Yeah. Like... Yeah, it's good. I had to learn that he was from New Zealand. It's kind of jarring when you watch it. <laughs> yeah. When you watch interviews with him. Right. It's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Who's right. this guy? Yeah. Um, yeah, scores. So, scores, yeah. I'm going to give... Go, you want to go? Uh, you go first. Yeah. And then I can change my score so you don't make fun of me. I give <laughs> no. it about a 7 out of 9. Um, I think it's fantastic. I really do. Um, the ending doesn't quite work for me with the Joker. I think mm-hmm. it's a little too Joker heavy, and it goes into yeah. more of a predictable route, and I would have liked to see more of just him and Andrea, and a little more Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne, even though we got a lot... And totally. I think some yeah. of the animation doesn't work. Sure, yeah. But that just comes yeah. with age. I still think it's a great time. It's only an hour and 15 minutes. It's going to look mm-hmm. amazing on Blu-ray. Give it a 7 out of 9. And that's really... That's high praise. Yeah. That's good. We give a lot of 9s, but we also yeah. 
cherry pick the movies that we watch to be like right we oh we just saw something yeah. good let's talk about it yeah we don't want to necessarily have a run of four episodes with just five out of nine yeah. it's just like Meh, it was okay what do we even talk about in that case yeah you right know? i'm gonna give it a seven out of nine too that was exactly high five high five that was exactly uh the score i was thinking as well the i joker, think it's the correct score yeah the joker stuff it does go a little long at the end uh Mark Hamill does an outstanding job. Yeah, I mean, like, granted, always. you're watching the best Joker ever. Yeah, I feel like it was. It just way... wasn't the right movie for him. Yeah, it was way too back end heavy. Like yeah. he wasn't really dispersed into the movie at all. He had like one or two little scenes, and then a big 15 minute chunk right at the end. He totally takes yeah. up the third act um, in yeah. its entirety, and it's kind of <laughs> it's a little yeah. bit weird because you spend so much time with these two characters and their relationship. Right. And that it really makes Joker a plot device mm-hmm. that, you know, drives the two of them to their endpoints instead of letting them reach that point organically. Right. Um, and, I don't know, I just think there's a better way to do it. I do too. But just as a Batman story, especially animated, this is probably the best. I, I think so. Say. Yeah. I think so. So yeah, seven out of nines across the board. Yeah, man. Uh, Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. It's coming out on Blu-ray. Pick up a copy real soon. It's Send us a copy. It. Send us a copy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's worth your time. Absolutely. And it's a small amount of time, so go do it. Well, I would call that a jam. <laughs> that is one of Graham's jams. One of Graham's many jams. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna cut away to our intermission. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you have a plan for us. Yes, I do. And then yeah. when we come back from that, we're going to be talking about Pacific Rim 2. <laughs> we're going to be talking about Protest the Heroes. Some call it their fifth album. It's not Some an call album, it it's an EP. Just an insanely long EP. Yeah. Uh, Pacific Man. Yep. So come back at you real soon. All right. Later. Ooh. <laughs> guys welcome to the intermission uh we're gonna be doing welcome to the intermission guys (laughs) oh my gosh so we're gonna be doing kind of like we're gonna be doing kind of wow (laughs) (laughs) um what we're gonna do today is instead of having just a random discussion we're gonna be giving really short recommendations uh stuff we wouldn't cover in an episode things that would take way too long for an episode um we're gonna have (laughs) Three each. Nick is just trying to <laughs> distract me. Uh, and we're gonna it's have working. Three recommendations each, and uh, I'm gonna start off first with the Netflix Castlevania series. It just came out recently. It had been actually shopped around since like 2008. Um, the guy producing it, I wish I remembered his name. He was trying to make a trilogy of movies out of it, essentially, but they settled on a series. Uh, the first season came out, and it's really fucking good like it's really bloody there's really well animated action which i was kind of ready for the animation to dip in quality when they started fighting it Uh, never did you really didn't because like i know a lot of netflix shows with animation so far have been kind of crappy like there's this anime that netflix does i think it's called knights of sardanas it looks terrible their voltron shows good though yeah so yeah, I, I would recommend the Castlevania show. It is four episodes long. I think a hundred minutes total. Something it's worth like the that. time. So yeah, what's your first? Uh, my first one, I'm going to be recommending the film Gross Point Blank, which is also on Netflix. It's John Cusack, Minnie Driver, and Dan Aykroyd. It's about a hitman who has not been in his hometown for 10 years, comes back into town to do a hit on a date mm. that coincides with the 10-year uh, reunion for his school, <laughs> and hijinks ensue. It's a really good romance. <laughs> it's a fun time. Uh, wonderful film. Amazing John Cusack performance. Great soundtrack. Great action. Uh, definitely give that one a look on Netflix. That sounds fun. You would love is it, it like, you watch it. Is it, like, kind of goofy? Or is oh, it's, it like... it's unbelievably goobus. <laughs> it's totally goofy. Oh, that sounds really fun. Dan Aykroyd, yeah, do that. Dan Aykroyd is also a hitman. And he has this rivalry with John Cusack, and he's got, like, a shaved head, and he just, like, hunts him around and, like, comes with two handguns, like, blazing at him. It's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Daniel. Daniel's 
right, so my second uh, recommendation is actually going to be a book. It's probably one of the rare times we're actually going to be able to talk about literature because it's so freaking long. Um, and I'm illiterate. And <laughs> Nick can't read. Um, it's uh, Patrick Rothfuss's The Name of the Wind. What a name. It's something. Patrick um, Rothfuss's. No. <laughs> By Patrick Rothfuss. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah. um, now, I love fantasy. It's probably my favorite genre. And I really like Tolkien a lot. The Hobbit's probably my favorite book. Um, this single book, The Name of the Wind, has some of the best leading characters, some of the most interesting action, and just some of the most beautifully written fantasy prose I I've ever seen. Really, it covers this one guy named Kvoth. He is a trooper, like kind of a uh, minstrel. Um, he goes around with his family. The minstrel cycle. Oh my god, that's the cycle they go through <laughs> yeah, all the towns. Oh my god. Uh, he's a musician, and his family and all of their troop get killed by these essentially like legendary demons that people mm. don't even think are real. Called that sounds cool. The uh, Shandrian. So and, they're um, basically White Walkers. Kind of. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of that idea to it, where it's like, it's essentially Quoth trying to go around and get the, like, knowledge and resources to prove that these things exist. And it's written just so beautifully. Like, if you've had problems with fantasy being too heavy or too laid down by description or just slow, this would fix it immediately. Go read Name of the Wind. It sounds wonderful. like an awesome read. It's good. I actually might check that out. It's great. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. That'd be dope. Uh, so my second recommendation, uh, I've really been enjoying lately, uh, John Legend's debut album, Get Lifted. It oh. is fantastic. Oh. I, I really think Legend is one of the best working vocalists. Um, he sings about some, you know, it's just relationship stuff, but uh, gotcha. it's very smooth. It's very fun. Album came out in 2004, was produced by young Kanye West. And if you're you, kidding me, swear to God, oh, Legend was signed awesome. to Yeezy's label, Good Music, uh, until a couple years ago, I think. Um, wow, that's really cool. Has an awesome early Kanye West sound. If you like the kind of music that he was making with College Dropout, that he was mm. doing with Common on albums like Be and Finding Forever, you know, if you just like driving around, listen to a dude with an amazing voice, sing some really good songs, check out Get Lifted by Common. Or by fucking John Legend. <laughs> Not common. Nice. John Legend. I wasn't expecting that. I love John Legend. Nice. So my final recommendation is going to be the 2006 DreamWorks movie, The Road to El Dorado. Mm. Uh, El Dorado. <laughs> yes. It is an animated DreamWorks movie. It came out around the time that Shrek did. I feel like it got way overshadowed. What is, <laughs> what is Shrek? What is Shrek? Oh, honey, I have some things to show you. Oh, honey, I shrunk <laughs> kids. Um, it's really, really fun. It's kind of like a swashbuckling, almost like thieves story with mm. these two bumbling friends, Miguel and Tulio. Um, they mistakenly find El Dorado, <laughs> the city of gold. And all the people there uh, think they're gods. worship them as gods. It's awesome. Yeah. Super good and, movie. Um, Super fun, kind of heartfelt near the end, like, really awesome animated movie that I don't feel like survived the 2000s. It didn't. So, go see that. It's a lot of fun. As and the music is too. great. It's all original stuff by Elton John, and the score is Hans Zimmer, but everything kind of is. So Yeah. Uh, my final recommendation is going to be the film El Dorado starring John Wayne. <laughs> One of my favorite westerns, it's not available on Netflix or Hulu, but you can rent it on Amazon for $3. Nice. Super good. El Dorado. It's John Wayne, Robert Mitchum, and a young James Caan. They're an incredible trio of guys who are like defending this little town from a group of bandits that are moving in. Mitchum is the quintessential drunk sheriff. Uh, <laughs> young James Caan is amazing to see by Wayne's side. Great time. If you like old John Wayne films, uh, you're going to love the movie. It is an absolute classic. Nice. So there's our recommendations for this week. Um, we might do this again in the future. Uh, so we're going to be going back to the episode and covering Protest the Heroes Pacific Myth. 
throwing it back to you, Graham. I'm trying it this time. It's, it's not working. It's my for time you. now. It's our time down here. Okay, I'm not actually gonna do that throwing it back to you, Graham thing. That's bullshit. Uh, so Nick, we're gonna Wow. <laughs> Alright, whatever. We're, we're gonna be covering I like it. I think it's funny. The viewers seem to like it. <laughs> well, too bad. Too bad. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna be covering now Protest the Heroes uh, Pacific Myth. Yep. Um it is a uh, really long EP that they released uh, between October twenty. What, like thirty six minutes? Yeah, 36 minutes That's how long Vince Staples' new album was. And oh, it was wow. released as a full <laughs> album. Okay. I, I was calling it their fifth album until you were like, not EP. It's EP. an EP. Yeah. It's straight up an EP. It is. So yeah, they released this between October 2015 and March 2016, song by song on their Bandcamp page. Super interesting. Yeah. they um Protest the Hero has a huge history of kind of trying to buck record labels. Mm. Uh, the album before this one, Volition, uh, they put it up on Indiegogo to be like, hey, we want to produce this by ourselves. We don't want to be beholden to a record label. Um, I think the budget was $115,000. That's a lot of money. They raised it in like 30 hours. Well, is that a lot yeah. for a piece of music? I don't know how much albums cost to make. I don't really either, to be honest. But um, yeah, they raised their money in like 30 hours. I think they totaled... 350,000? Wow. Something like that. It's kind of interesting yeah. to think about the fact that the way we consume music is changing. Yeah, it yeah. really is. I mean, yeah. you got a guy like Chance the Rapper out here <laughs> doing everything he can to avoid labels and avoid yes. that. Dude's putting out every two years like an amazing produced album. Mm -hmm. Like a true wonderful album in the form of these free mixtapes. And he's catching Grammy buzz. Yeah. I think he won Best New Artist last year. I think Coloring Book won a couple things. You mm -hmm. got a guy like Kanye doing his Little Life of Pablo, which right. was an interesting right. release. You got Jay-Z putting 444 on title. Yeah. When you were saying um, Life of Pablo, that was the uh, album that he like kept going back in and like re-editing. Yeah, right? he, he even worked after on Life of Pablo had... into like October last year. Like even after people had bought it, like you would go back he in and He added a new song. Different. Wow. St. Pablo, the That's ending nuts. track, the six-minute track yeah. at the end. That wasn't yeah. in the original release. You stand with Fade. Oh, that is the coolest thing. Isn't it? I, I like that crazy stuff. It's cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. So, yeah, this uh, Pacific Myth, uh, they released it song by song over the course of six or seven months. And they just recently put it all together as, like, a deluxe EP. And... God, if this isn't maybe my favorite metal album of all time. Like, whoa. I didn't start the discussion off with this because I know it might uh, spur some discussion, but Protest the Hero is my favorite metal band ever. I thought Coheed ever. and Cambria. I would hesitate to call them metal, oh, necessarily. Okay. But no, gun to my head, Protest the Hero would probably be my favorite band. Interesting. Yeah. It. God, they do things that I haven't heard from many other bands ever. So, like, so tell me yes. what makes this album special. What makes this album special is just the sheer overwhelming level of technicality yeah. that these musicians bring. Like, they've got their singer, his name's Rody Walker, um... Yeah. Well, I should start just quick little Does he little walk the lonely road? Oh my god. The only road he's ever known. Um, in Ontario, because they're a Canadian band. Uh, they're from Whitby, Ontario. Most good things come from Ontario. Man, there's good bands in Canada. Yeah, for Like, uh, White Long is this awesome punk band I like from Canada. Um, a lot of good films come out of Canada, too. Yeah. yeah. Every movie David Cronenberg ever made, he made in Canada. Hey, Cronenberg Morty! Cronenberg Morty. <laughs> I love Cronenberg. But, um, yeah, just why these guys are my favorite and seeing them grow as musicians into this album mm -hmm. they started when they were 13 wow yeah they have a um a really short 
little EP called uh, Search for Truth mm-hmm. that they recorded when they were all 13. How cringy is it? It's not bad. <laughs> no. Really? Yeah. Wow. And they um their first album, Kezia, it came out in 2005. And they toured that album right after they finished their uh, senior finals That's in high amazing. school. Yeah. How They've cool been... is that? It's amazing. And they you go back to Kezia or um the album after that, Fortress, mm-hmm. uh, in 2009. And these guys would have only been 21, 22 at that point. They are so fucking talented. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. And you know, we've actually talked about a lot of really young artists on this show. Yeah. <laughs> like, Joey Badass is only 23 right I now. I always bring like, up Nas. Nas. And what he did as a young man. Yeah. These are just some of the most singularly talented musicians I've ever heard. And just that it happens to be metal, I, I'm all for it even more. You know? I love mature albums and films. Mm-hmm. Like... I'll sit down and watch a movie like The Savages or listen to an album like Nas's Life is Good. And mm-hmm. I, I definitely love that maturity and I love an adult sitting and looking at something and it being real. Right. But right. there's something about the rawness that you make as a youth. Mm-hmm. It's like just yeah. the the liberation of a project made in your younger years. It can't be touched. Definitely. Yeah. can't be touched. Yeah. That's kind of... um. I don't know if you've heard of a band called At The Drive-In. I have not. You haven't? Uh, They were like this really angry, but kind of technically interesting punk band, essentially. Mm -hmm. And they broke up in the mid-2000s, formed the Mars Volta, which their second album is like my top three albums ever. Oh, wow. They're an amazing, just technical, almost like progressive rock, like jazz craziness. And they went for like 10 years. They're awesome. And then they broke up and reformed at the drive-in. And they put out a new album just recently. And I do not like that new album at all. It feels really? Like, it feels like they were just trying to recapture that same kind of, like, manic energy from their early band. And, you know, 10, 11 years separated from that, it does not work for me. I hate to, to name drop this band. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, you got it now. What's up? Here's a name I never thought I'd be saying on this podcast. Shout out to Middle School Nick. You look <laughs> at the music that Linkin Park used to make. Sure, sure. And what they've made on their past three records. Yeah. Essentially. It was never, <laughs> it was never yeah. good, mm-hmm. but Hybrid Theory and Meteora are yeah. decent albums. They're fun. The stuff Linkin Park makes now is, they're pretty much writing songs for Transformers movies. <laughs> It's not even that anymore. Their yeah. last one that they put out was like a house-infused pop album. Oh. Yeah, that's, and it is it is like... That's weird. It is like crowd-tested music. It's like they were sitting in a room with a group of people like, what do you like to hear? And they checked all the boxes. Oh, gosh. It's... Yeah. And Hybrid Theory, at least, they had the part where they were screaming like, fuck, yeah. And that was... <laughs> I mean, that was kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know. It was edgy. Hey, and man, Middle I, school me loved the edge of that. Dude. I, I saw Linkin Park live Did in middle school. Yep. How horrible. They were man. part of the Revolution Tour. Oh, 2006. <laughs> it's so 2006. It really was. And I had a blast, too. I bet, <laughs> It was man. fun, yeah. I bet you did. But this... Um, Protest the Hero has almost the complete opposite story of that. Mm-hmm. Like, you can hear very obviously from album to album their own growth. Yeah. Like, hearing Pacific Myth and especially, I would say, uh, Cold Water. I like Cold Water. That is uh, that is an amazing song. I like That's... that and Ragged Tooth. Ragged Tooth is awesome. Not to say I dislike um, any of them. Those are just the ones that stood yeah. out to me. Yeah, the whole album is just just pure energy. It is. Like, it's great. The only one that I would even partially say I disliked Harbinger. was Harbinger. Yeah, Harbinger, yeah. exactly. Harbinger is like, yeah. it was like you sense that you're getting near the end, and yeah. then something, like a change is going to come, and it just didn't come yet, and you have six right. minutes of like, all right, we need to wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. Not even wrap this up, it's like, it's like, cool, I get it. We I've, need to reach Endgame. I've heard some of this. Yeah. And then their ending, Caravan, is super awesome. I have a couple questions about that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so it. I I didn't catch a lot of lyrics on this thing. Sure. Because um, yeah. they're going really fast. and there's They a go lot really of, fast. There's um, a lot of screaming in this album. Yeah. And even when he's not singing, um, 
Even when he's not screaming, uh, Rhodey Walker sings insanely high. Yeah, he does. He has a crazy range. And let me let me say a little something about uh, about people out there that listen to music. Mm. If you've ever said the sentence, I listen to all genres of music except metal, country, and rap. <laughs> I know you're out there. I what, know you're listening. What does that leave you? Just End your life. Pop and Because that's pop. That's pop Just and that's pop. classic rock. Oh, okay. I listen to every genre. I listen to all kind of music except country, rap, and screamo. Screamo. Like, what oh are my you God. talking about? Uh, I hate that word. <laughs> like, just be real with what you like. Just say I listen to top 40 stuff. Yeah. Don't try and front and act like you listen to every genre of music. Right. Like, you ask me, I listen to hip-hop. All I listen to is hip-hop. Hmm. Graham, you listen to metal and a little bit of hip-hop. Right? I listen to everything except country. Okay. I flat out hate country. Yeah, me too. There's some really good pop, just not super findable. No, <laughs> like, it exists, not. though. <laughs> you know who I... This is so off track, I'm not even... Oh, do it. it. That's okay, we'll come back. You know who, what I miss? What? Old Maroon 5. Man! Talking songs about Jane. Old Maroon 5 is almost like a lounge band. Yeah. Like, almost jazzy, like... Real jazzy, like low, sensual, like low-key, like smooth, bluesy kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Were you ever about that? Were you? I ever love that album. Jane yeah, guy? yeah. That was a great thing. Sunday man. morning, rain is <laughs> no, that is so a smooth. great, great first album. What happened to them? They found their money. And they that's found their money. Pop. Ain't that yeah. the fucking truth of yep. of the entertainment industry? <laughs> And there's one line that I liked in here in this album because I was about to say I didn't catch many lyrics in this thing. Gotcha. Because I couldn't really understand him. Sure, sure. And that's not a problem. People mm. who are like, "Oh, I hate this artist because I couldn't hear what they're saying." Yeah. Like, shut up. Look it's up about, a lyric book. It's look easy. up a lyric or just feel the emotions. Right. Yeah. Like, two things I'm a huge fan of. I adore Young Thug. Mm-hmm. I adore him. I think he's one of the most genius people working in music today. Okay. I don't know what Young Thug's ever saying. No one knows what he's saying. <laughs> There's a song, Riri, where he literally barks like a seal. <laughs> I'll play it for you. It's amazing. And I listen, to, I listen to a lot of Death Grips. Gotcha. I don't know what Ride is saying. I can't understand him. He's just <laughs> screaming into a mic. Who cares? Sure, yeah. But I did catch this line in, in Caravan. He says, to be satisfied and entertain without any kind of intellectual gain seems to be what's in fashion. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing he says. And I... I agree with that. That's like what's mm. happening. What is the intellectual side of this album? What am I missing? What is their message? What are they like giving people? Well, their main message, especially since uh, 2013's Volition, the one before this. I like that album. You made me listen to that. Yes, Volition. That is... had Drumhead Trial. Oh, drumhead Trial is... Your favorite song? It's either that or Cold Water. It mm. flips on an like an hourly basis. I really like Drumhead Trial. It's got a lot of cool triplet stuff. Yes. Oh, man. Um, Am I saying that right? It's triplets, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, one of the other things that makes me like this band so much is that just the technical stuff they're pulling off is... um Yeah, they got some cool insane. stuff. They got some cool stuff. Yeah, they've got a bunch of crazy time signature changes. Um, their, their lead and rhythm guitarists, it's practically like they just have a second lead guitarist, really? but playing in harmony lower. Yeah, I like, like that. It's amazing. I like that a lot. But, um... Yeah, it's I, a I cool say... little album. Well, good. I'm and glad I don't, you liked I don't it. say yeah. little to be condescending. It's just no. it's like a little bite-sized it is small. piece it, of music. It was a small little project. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I, I would say one of their bigger themes is the entertainment industry. You know, especially since they crowdfunded their fourth album, they band camped this fifth or this EP. There's something so like, noble about that because yeah. it it means that they're not doing it to satisfy a record label. Mm-hmm. They're not doing it to satisfy a larger group of people. It's not like we need to get this thing to sell in Best Buy. We need to load it down with three hit singles. <laughs> we yeah. need to put these artists on the track. It's like, we're going to make our money through our fans. Yeah, yeah. And that's a lot of like progressive rock and a lot of metal bands today do that kind of thing. They either produce themselves or you'll see that they'll hop from record label to label just for every album hmm. like a, another band i really like uh circus survive um this is actually the first tattoo i ever got was their logo cool um they announced their uh, newest album a couple days ago it's going to come out in september hey. and they're doing it with a brand new record label i looked into them 
And they've had... To the label or the band? Uh, the band, Circa. Um, I think in their five or six albums, they've worked with four record labels. That's fascinating. Yeah. You, they'll just jump from label to label depending that's... on which one will let them do what they want to do. See, that's so interesting to me because mm. hip-hop, it's like mm. your label is your name. Yeah. It, your label's it is, like your it? last name. Yeah. You're like... Def Jam till death. You're yeah. Rockefeller till death. You are, I mean, God. You look back at the old Death Row days mm. when you got Snoop, Dre, Pac, Nate Dogg, Warren G, Corrupt, all on the same label. That was like their mm. family. That was like, Dang. you were talking about Death Row in your song, and it's like mm. about gotcha. your label. How big a part do outside producers play in metal? Is it just the band, or is production a big thing, like, that they bring in other people for? A lot of what... And I'm going to say, this isn't for the whole industry. I don't mm -hmm. listen to every type of metal out there. You know, for all I know, like, freaking Asking Alexandria or Beartooth or, like, some of these guys that get more, like... My friend Luke Lehman loves yeah. Beartooth. I like Beartooth, too. Brother they're, of Stephen Lehman. Oh, my God. There's Brother the check me. on the bingo card. Shout out to Steve Lehman Bros. for um, life. There, there are a lot of more... And I don't want to say this because it's really loaded, but commercial... Like a nice loaded potato. Nice loaded potato. Oh, I'm totally going to eat one of those tonight. Nice, dude. Do you like loaded potatoes? I do. That's okay. dope. <laughs> we can go back. Uh, I, this is a loaded word, but a lot of more commercialized metal bands, mm -hmm. ones that have like play on Sirius FM, a lot more like uh, festival circuits, crap like that. Sellouts. I don't want to say sellouts you because some it. of the stuff is really good. A lot of the smaller metal groups, mm -hmm. um, they don't bring in a lot of producers. That's so Actually, for uh, Protest the Hero, this um, I'm pretty sure for Pacific Myth, they actually had uh, their producer, Mike C. something. Um, they actually brought him on to be their touring bass player. That's so interesting. It, it's almost like it's just the band, just for the people that want to support them. It's, uh, it's almost like a Patreon, but for full produced albums. That's such a different world yeah. from what I'm used to. Yeah, total polar opposite, actually. It's huh. really cool. Yeah. Uh, is there anything... I know we haven't really spent a lot of time talking about the album, because hmm. it keeps side-dragging us. Is there anything like you hmm. want to say about this album? Anything you want to make note? You're hmm. you're niming it, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, it's I It's a am. nine, Triscuit. Yeah, we'll jump forward to that. Nine out of nine rating for me. It's beautiful. Like, it's there's... Dope. A lot of stuff to say about the uh, music industry in the album. It's also got this running theme of just ocean. Like, almost like this existential horror of what <laughs> is in the ocean. I have that fear. You know? I do too. That's one of my biggest fears. Yeah. That and needles. It's just the unknowable depths yeah. of something like the ocean. Just all Thinking these about giant squids gives things. me panic attacks. Thinking yeah. about like the fact that somewhere out there in just open water there's this big huge thing moving right like yeah oh my god like it's have scary. you seen vampire squids yes i have holy oh, shit man. guys yeah so it, it's got a lot of that loosely it's not a concept album but it's conceptual mm -hmm. and just the music itself these guys pull off some of the most technically... It's very impressive. ...marvelous things. Even from an outsider, I can listen and be like, wow, yeah. these guys are skilled. Yeah. They've been doing it since they're 13. You know? They, they've been playing this kind of just frenetic technical metal for, God, what would it be? Almost 14 years now. Longer than they were alive before they started playing. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Good for them. Good... Congrats to you guys yeah. for finding your passion. They're incredible. Listen to them, really. Yeah. If you don't like metal or if you've tooled around with the genre before, this album, it doesn't have a lot of just screaming or growling, period. Like, it's the least amount of just screaming that they've ever had on an album. Um, which kind of shows uh, Rody Walker's growth as a vocalist. Yeah. Like, he used to scream or have a lot of kind of like a fried edge to his singing. He, seemed, a hell of he a sounds lot very smooth and clean and confident. Yeah. And that, it was a little bit in Volition, but Fortress and like uh, their third one, Scurrilous. All scream. Um, not all scream, but a hell of a lot more. Hmm. Um, 
yeah, just give it a shot. It's really clean guitar when it's time for that. It's really heavy when they want it to be. Just all around, like, masterpiece, genuinely. It's a very impressive piece of work. I don't feel comfortable scoring it because I listened to it one time. Mm-hmm. I meant to well, listen to it last night, but I told you what happened to me last night. Yeah. What happened to me? What I got to do? <laughs> he last got night. mugged. I got mugged. <laughs> no, that's no. not funny. No, it's not. I'm sorry. I was I was working. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I work on a Kona ice truck. Um, man, this guy came up to me the other day in downtown Winston Salem. Okay. And like he couldn't talk, and I was oh. like, "You okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, I just got my jaw wired." Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, my yeah. God. What happened? Right. And the dude goes, well, I was going to pick up my wife at the store that she worked out, and I was walking there from my car, and these four dudes pulled up in a van. Oh, no. Beat me, broke my jaw, and stole everything I had on me. Jesus. That's dark. Wow. So that's... Yeah, I don't think I could do research for a fluffy podcast after that kind of story. Oh, uh-huh, man. No. Woof. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. that's not what happened. I, I went and yeah. bought movies. I'm just saying that. <laughs> Make no oh mistake. Oh, my God, I went, that turnaround. I went and bought some cool movies, some old porn uh, films. You know what? If you're okay with it, I actually want you to give it a rating off of just one listen. No, yeah, I was going to. Um, they're, they're such a tiny band, this little Ontario yeah. metal band. I, I would be surprised if 10% of the people listening to this had heard about them at all. I would be surprised if one of our listeners had heard about them. Right, right. Um, yeah, I off this one listen, mm-hmm. I don't have a trained ear for this kind of stuff. Yeah. It would be like someone sitting down and listening to, like... It was written by Nas for a one time and trying to differentiate those songs. Hmm. A lot of it sounded kind of samey to me. Gotcha. Yeah. Off my one listen, and I think the songs went a little bit long. Mm-hmm. Um, the sure. shortest one is what five minutes? I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would give it a seven. Nice. I enjoyed okay. it. I'm just yeah. I don't have the right ear for it yet, and I didn't get the enjoyment out of it that I would mm-hmm. like an amazing hip hop album. And that's okay. You know, a lot like hip hop. Um, if you don't listen to a lot of metal, yeah. it's it's kind of hard to differentiate things sometimes. It is. You know, especially for Pacific Myth, it's got this conceptual thread through it of like ocean stuff. They kind of take that into a more tangible space with like kind of repeated patterns, yeah, they do. little bit repeated lines. Um I can see it getting a little muddled. If you're just kind of like, cool, let's try some metal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but you know? I did think it was very well done, and I did mm-hmm. enjoy listening to it a lot. Nice. I just didn't, That's cool. I didn't get everything out of it, especially not on mm-hmm. one listen. Sure, um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, do you want to go ahead and wrap it up for Protest the Hero? Yeah, definitely. Anything you want to say coming out of it? Um, no, I just say uh, give them a listen. Um, if you like just standard, like, screamy metal, Fortress is fantastic. Um, if you want some more downplayed stuff, Pacific Myth. If you want a middle, Volition. Um, and there's your listening guide from Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for that. But yeah, so this has been uh, Double Drop. This has been Graham's Jams. Before, yeah, our one. first successful Graham's Jams. Um, <laughs> before we go, sure. uh, I want to go ahead and announce what we're doing next week. Yes. It's something new for us. Oh, it's so exciting. Oh, man. Do you want to say it? Or do you want me? No, you go ahead. <laughs> So, in honor of the release of what I'm hearing is a stellar final chapter to one of the best movie trilogies of all time, we are doing our first Triple Trickle, <laughs> which is a name I made up on the spot last week. I'm very yeah. proud of it. We are doing Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and War for the Planet of the Apes. Yes. You can expect next episode to be probably pretty longer pretty long probably somewhere around hour and a half even i'm hoping so because this Mm -hmm. is mind-blowing to me i've seen rise and dawn like 10 times each Mm -hmm. i love these movies and war is one of my most anticipated movies of the year you haven't seen them ever i have not seen a single apes movie like these new ones even the older ones i have zero contact with the franchise to me yeah I just know a guy is screaming at the uh, Statue of Liberty, oh, you damn you all to hell. That's the line. You blew it up, didn't you? You blew it up. 
Uh, pizza pie. It's a pepperoni Jesus. It's going to be really... Oh, there's a shout-out y'all never right? understand. Oh, rest in peace okay. the first episode. Oh, yeah. I miss it. <laughs> oh, man. So, be on the lookout for that. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be an event that you won't want to miss. <laughs> nice. And another real quick shout-out to our uh, media. We've got an email... Double yep. dropcast at gmail.com. Then we've got a Twitter. Yep, at double dropcast. At twitter.com. <laughs> and uh, yeah, say hi. Yeah, shout us out. Yeah, please. we've seen that we just broke, I think, 170 uh, individual listens. Awesome. Which is awesome. We haven't had a single email yet. I would love to hear have from you somebody. Have Twitter? I have. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Guys, no. come on. I know. <laughs> give us, throw us a yeah. bone, well, man. Well, Devin, Devin likes stuff. I will give Devin uh, Sweezy credit where it's due. But, yeah, we'd love to talk Fuck to Devin. you guys. Give give us some ideas of what you would want to see covered. Do it. Some themes we could bring up later on. Or even just uh, constructive criticism. You know, we're, yeah. this is the seventh episode. We're still kind of getting our uh, sea legs with still this. cutting so. our teeth on this. Yeah, so, yeah, say hi. We'd love it. We would love it. Yeah, this has been Double Drop. I've been Graham Roberts. I've been Nick Marino. And we will drop back in next week. Yep, I agree to it this time. Yeah! Good. This is your fault. We used all our good juices for Batman. Let's and just now, call it two. Now then. we're left with. Let's bad just juices. call it two. Mm. All right. I introed it as three. My third recommendation is adult coloring books. You're the most fucking goobus man I've ever <laughs> in my life.